Welcome to another edition of Pet Chat. And David, it is mm. just you and I. They've let us loose for the whole show. There's an empty chair beside me. <sighs> we're, we, we're missing our, we, our com, comrades. We miss you, Cheryl, Cheryl and Denny. It's a bit quiet in here. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll get lots of calls. It won't be so quiet. Bit of music and a bit of talk about pets and pet health. Hello, Pam in Cessnock. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi, Pam. We're doing great. How can we help today? I've got a Maltese cross that's 14. Right. Yes, she's getting very on in age. And unfortunately, she's not getting around like she used to. Yes. She's having a lot of trouble getting around. She's become a bit incontinent. Yes. Um, she's found, so I'm finding, well, she's found the best way to get around is to move like a little lamb. A little lamb? Yeah. I gather she, not, she's not frolicking and jumping around then. Yeah, she is. Oh, she is? Yeah. Oh, that's okay. The, that's the best way for her to move. Oh. Uh, okay, yes, okay. Yeah, if she walks, it seems to be more of a struggle for her. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Now, is she on any medication for these problems? Um, hemp oil. Right. Has that <laughs> I, has that made any difference for her that well, you can see? I I just um, get, I've got um, capsules, yes. and every second day I just punch her a capsule and squeeze the oil onto her food. Um, um, She has canned food uh, around about this time of daytime and um, I just squeeze some oil onto it every second day for her and it seems seems to get it through the day okay. She's never made a noise. Yeah, okay. I've often said if... If, the, if I heard her make a noise, whimper or or something, I, I wouldn't hesitate in putting her out of her misery because it's painful looking at her and watching her sometimes. Well, it's it's sad, I guess, when we do see, you know, oh, them ageing and, um, you know, particularly 14 is a good age, but there is certainly a lot of possibilities from treatment-wise and um, I don't have any experience with hemp oil or the CBD products, but I do know that um, we use a variety of things, mainly a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, and that can be quite beneficial. Um, the other thing that sometimes we do is also supplement their food with uh, things like glucosamine extracts. So these are the uh, green lip muscle ec- extracts, which can help with joints as well. Um, One of the things you mentioned about the incontinence, and sometimes we'll see that happen because of a hormonal effect of uh, a decrease in the estrogen levels with age, and that can also cause that. So we can sometimes supplement for that. Uh, The other reason we'll see incontinence, particularly in dogs with similar problems that you've described, is because they're having difficulty getting out to the toilet. So they're actually you know, then the bladder gets too full and it overflows and things like that. I would probably speak to your vet about some of these treatments, which are very much in the realm of quality of life, you know, that we want to make things a bit better. 
Signs of pain at the moment, and this is a common thing that I hear from people, is they say, well, they don't make any noise, so they can't be in any pain. But dogs actually will uh, experience pain, won't necessarily vocalise, um, but they might show up, for instance, with lameness would be a sign of a pain. And so it's worth having a chat to your vet about that scenario um, rather than thinking, well, we, we have to wait until things get worse because we want to make their quality of life, you know, great as much as we can now. Thank you for the call, Pam. Um, and, yeah, good luck with your little one. Let's go to Ron in Rutherford. Uh, welcome to Pet Chat, Ron. You've got a question for David about a galah. Hey, mate, how you going? G'day, Ron. What can we do for you? <laughs> Listen, just a quick query. I've got a pet galah I've had about two or three years, um, and he's a pet, like he comes out of caves and all that sort of stuff. But I've noticed wild galahs got a real big chest. His chest isn't real big. Is yeah. that because he's, well, not he doesn't cage. He's, he's out, out of a lot of the cage, but yeah. So that's actually not an uncommon thing but then we also see the opposite where they your pecalars look fatter okay and that's uh, very much comes down to diet when they're looking fatter um, the reason they may not look as as big like they look thinner is because their flight muscles the breast muscles aren't being used as obviously as much right. and so those muscles are you know just going to they're sitting around and maybe they hop around um, the house or whatever it is they're just not using those flight muscles. So, right. you know, it's like us going to the gym. If you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, actually, we, we've stopped cutting his wing and he's starting to fly around the house, so... <laughs> well, they, you know, he might... Yeah, he might start to develop a bit more muscle, but obviously right. the, the scope of that is, you know, a couple of laps around the house is like nothing really in the course yep. of a day for a galah. But I wouldn't worry about it too much. The only exception there is that if you... Roll them on their back and you have a feel. You'll feel that sharp bone down the chest. So that's the keel bone. Mm. And um, you should should find that they've got well muscled on either side. So it doesn't kind of fall away. The keel bone should not be a sharp bone on the centre of the chest. There should be enough muscle either side. But it's when they get obese, and we do see a, a lot of obesity in galahs, um, particularly when people are feeding them high-fat foods such as sunflower seed, and the obesity, it'll put weight on the outside, but it also affects their liver function. So right. you just want to make sure they're like us, you know, everything in moderation yep. and healthy uh, muscle condition over that keel bone. So, David, we've, we've mm. got a household uh, that has a four-year-old dog uh, boy, Teddy. And he's not overly social and now a puppy has been brought into the household and Teddy's not enjoying the puppy Tilly. Apparently gets a little bit jealous if anyone pays Tilly attention, yes. um, doesn't want anything to do with her. So I know this is a common one, but it's a complex one to uh, have a resolution with. Yeah, to some extent we look at this in a fairly simple pattern. You know, there's a disruption. And so then how do we adjust? But there's the complexity is the dog is part of this household. And so um, we, we're saying puppy could be anything, could be a neighbor moves in next door, that changes the dynamic, could be a new baby comes home, that changes the dynamic. Or, um, you know, even when people come to stay or grandma moves into the extra room, every time we kind of change the dynamic, yeah. this also affects 
the Look psychology at, and the behaviour of the dog. Different smells, different behaviour. Different smells. Look at what happens, say, even around feeding time, right? There yeah. was a certain pattern of things that used to happen. Now that has to be adjusted and that upsets this uh, the Teddy's kind of way of the world. Because we love routines and dogs are the same. They like a routine. They know what's coming. Exactly, exactly. And it, a lot of people say, oh, it's jealousy or... You know, they hate the other dog. It's not that at all. Okay. Okay. But the disruption is something like, hang on, I don't know who you are. I don't know what's going on, but something's changed here and we've got to sort it out. Yeah. So the dogs, both dogs, puppy as well, have to work through. I know this kind of sounds really pop psych uh, kind of attitude, but they actually do adjust over time with support. Okay. So one of the things, and look, this can get a bit complicated. So if it really starts to go into territory where you go, hang on, he's biting him all the time, or yeah, dangerous territory to starts, the puppy. Yeah, starts to even bite people because there's a displacement. Um, then we certainly need to get a, a veterinary behaviourist into the house to be able to see what's going on okay. and do a consultation on that. However, um, one of the things that we know works better is to help to reestablish a little bit more discipline. So one of the things we often do with puppies and as they grow into adolescence is we'll do our puppy preschool, we might do some obedience training. And we kind of think, oh, that's just so that if they run away, they'll come back or they learn how to sit and things like that. But what it also does is it helps to reestablish discipline and routine for the dog. So if we can probably do a little bit of that kind of training, which actually helps to reestablish some routine and doing, um, starting that, you know, pretty much straight away, keeping the older dog separate to do that. So you don't so need So training the, the older dog? Yes. As well. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yes. All right. The other thing that that benefits is the older dog, Teddy, then gets time with people. One-on-one. -on -one. Where, you know... In the past, I had all that time. Now we've got a puppy, so I don't get as much time. Okay. So the dog's just happy to be with you. What about things like feeding? Should uh, should they be fed at different different times, different locations? Not necessarily different times, but certainly different locations. Okay. I would keep them well separated, like yeah. doors apart. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So you don't want them competing. They, you don't want them thinking they're having to compete here to, to No. Eat. And look, some people have taken the t path where they'll say, no, the puppy has to get used to the older dog coming over and it's all right if the older dog snaps at them. I can understand the logic of that. Unfortunately, sometimes they end up in my ER room having to get stitched up. Yeah. Because when they snap at them, if they catch the eye or the lip or the ear they can inflict some pretty serious damage. The, the other thing that happens there too is that if you have that situation where the two dogs are together with food and a person goes near them, then Teddy may snap at a person. So, David, what if um, you, you're seeing Teddy growl at Tilly? Like you, we've gone to pat yes. the puppy and you can see the, old, the older dog growling or acting aggressively. What should you do? Um, should you remove? The well, if you remove Teddy that would solve that problem straight away. But the problem is that you can't always make that separation. So at some point in the future, we have to have a time when they can all be together. Mm. So what I would do is I would put a lead on both dogs, yep. hold them separate, and then ask Teddy to sit, sits, gets a food treat, and get the puppy to do the same, but have them, you know, metres apart. And then that way the puppy's getting 
not just like uh, a free, unconditional love and attention. They're getting uh, a bit of attention because they did something. Yeah. But so is Teddy. Yes. Okay. And then that way. left out. Right. So similarly, if you have, um, you know, they run into the room, ask them both to sit, give Teddy a treat for sitting, give the puppy a treat for sitting as well. So we're just reestablishing the routine, the discipline, um, and just the the whole experience of being with people then gets built around reward, like behaviour, reward. Yeah. Rather than and just... And it's a positive experience. Exactly. Okay. And in the meantime, we have had someone else email in. They have a puppy as well uh, and having difficulties sleeping, you know, crying during the night and being yeah. disruptive. My solution is no problems. Just whack them in the marital bed. Um, they'll sleep like a baby. But I know that is not good advice. <laughs> It's not for me to say what's good advice in anyone's marital bed. I'm, bed. I'm not so the vet. I'm just going to say. Oh, the husband's not in there. The dog is. But, right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this is uh, very much something that with age changes. So it really depends on the age of the puppy. Right. Because the younger the pup, they've been taken away from their litter mates. Yeah. And so they find that that could be disruptive to their sleeping patterns. Puppies do sleep a lot. So if they spend a lot of the day sleeping, they might have periods of time during the night where they're wandering around going, oh, well, where is everybody? And that I'm sounds like, play. you know, that, when a dog says, where is everybody? It just sounds like, woo, 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 woo. <laughs> so, yes. um, so what I, a couple of things people suggest is just, again, establishing a routine around sleep and behaviour on that. Um, probably not a great idea to put them in the bed. No. Okay. Um, make sure that uh, if you get up, they need to go to the toilet. So if anyone gets up during the night, put them out to the toilet as well. That might help them as well, except when the circumstance where they decide to wander the backyard and spend 20 minutes out there. Yeah. Um, the other thing people do is give them some sort of cuddle toy, snuggle toy, and also you can get them, um, we used to say get an old alarm clock. Oh, because of A the TikTok. beat, like the, yeah, the yeah. ticking. But of course everything's digital now. Yeah. So you could get give them an iPhone with a TikTok on. No, yeah. I'm kidding. Get some white noise. Get a heartbeat sound effect. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. Oh. So you can to... actually buy those for pets that help them sleep. And should they be in a crate? That's a whole new conversation, isn't it? Crate training. Yeah, that's not really around the sleeping thing, although it does right. actually could be helpful there. Okay. But that's another topic. Don't let me forget Dog of the Week as well, David, before we get to 1 o'clock. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, we, yes, we can't forget that. But right now we do have David on the line from Shortland. You've got a bit of a cheeky magpie that's up to some crazy things. Oh, very, very. He's learnt to open the doggy door and he comes in. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, dear. It's my fault. I keep feeding them in the backyard. <laughs> Well, if you're feeding him in the backyard and then he's just decided to follow you in because that's where the food's coming from. Exactly, exactly. I think it's funny, but he knows how to open the doggy door and walk in, but he won't walk out. I've got got a cat that's like that. Um, (laughs) We've got a cat flap on the door. Yeah. Yeah, she'll come in, but then you have to open it for her to go out. Oh, God. Exactly with the maid. I was watching up one day. And I jumped six feet. What was that behind me? <laughs> it's the Maggie. They've got you wrapped around their we, finger, both of this you. This is, uh, David, this is what we were talking about last week, about uh, native animals that are 
adapt to human habitat and introduced animals because we we're talking about the minor birds. Yeah. But mag- yes. magpies and brush-tailed possums are the best two examples of native animals that are very adaptive, and that actually is a survival benefit for them. So, Honestly, I won't kick him out. He's lovely. But... <laughs> Does he just hang out with you? Do you watch the telly together, Bold and the Beautiful? No, no, no. As soon as I feed him, uh, I don't see him until it's virtually tea time again. And in he comes. Now, hang on, hang on, hang on, David. That's not yeah. outside. When you said, yeah, did you, did you just say you were feeding him inside? No, no. Oh, no, he'll just follow you in after you feed him outside. No, no. He, he comes to the back door. Oh. If I don't acknowledge him, yes. he comes to the doggy door. Oh, well, fair enough. And then you take him out and, and feed then him. And he goes, yes. Yes, then I, I go to the fridge. He's you, could you. And I, then I walk back outside and his mates all come down and they have a feed. Checkmate. I, I'm just wondering if he's like the designated door knocker of the oh, flock. Enough. He has to come down and let you know that it's, it's dinner time. time. Come on, feed yeah. me. And yeah. is it the same magpie every time? Every time. Are you sure it's the same one? I'm positive the don't, black one. Yeah, don't tell me the black don't one. tell me it's the black and white one. You know what I'm saying? It's the bigger of the light. Oh, okay. Okay. That's all I wanted to say. Oh, lovely. It's a lovely story. That is pretty fun. Eat magpie. I don't think David really wants a solution. No, I think we're quite happy with how things are going. I mean, (laughs) someone's got to feed them, I guess. Uh, No, No? Cheryl would be in here going, you're not meant to feed them. No, no. Well, Cheryl's not here. Yeah. You think the vet would say that, though? Yeah, I know. <laughs> We've gone rogue. You've gone rogue. I just love the story. It is a very cute story. It's a great story. story. <sighs> we do need to do our pet of the week, mm. and today it is Maxie. Now, they haven't uh, told us the breed, David, but having a look at Maxie, he's got the pointed ears. Yep. Um, he's he's black with a little bit of white underneath. Is he a, a Kelpie cross? He, yeah, he looks Kelpie cattle dog cross, I reckon. He's cute. He is cute. He is cute. He's an extraordinarily clever boy. Uh, he loves cuddles, going for walks and playing fetch. And since coming into care, he's done quite a bit of training. He has learnt to sit, stay most of the time, fetch a tennis ball um, and has decent recall. And he knows he's not to come inside the house. So he does happily sit on the threshold. So he's quite an obedient dog. Um, he hasn't had a lot of experience walking on the leash, but after the initial excitement and a good sniff, he'll walk beside you really well. He does get excited when he meets new people and dogs. He does tend to jump up. This is being discouraged, but obviously something that you should continue it's always, working on. Always train, training on your dog. You're always working on, with them. Yep. And some good news. Maxie does come inside uh, and has a sit on the bed near the you know, telly when it's raining and cold, which is where I believe dogs belong when you're in there. But um, he's forever family. You need to be active. You know, You need to exercise him. He needs mental stimulation because he will get bored and he will chew. If you're not looking after that stimulation. They, they need a lot of stimulation, these dogs. Uh, yeah. And he's great with children. He's met uh, some children around the age of six. He is energetic, though, so they may find him a little bit too much, although most of the kids I know 
you know, it'd be a toss-up who wears who out, you know, quicker. <laughs> but if you'd like more information on Maxi, then please head to our website, 2NURFM.com.au, uh, and go to our Pet of the Week. It is time to take some more calls. We always run out of time so quickly. But we do have time to go to Helen in Wall's End. Hello, Helen. What's your question today for Pet Chat? Yeah, good afternoon. Um, look, I have a 12-and-a-half-year-old Tenerfield Terrier, female, and I just want to know, do dogs, as they get older, sort of go off their food? Because I find that she's... Some days she'll eat and some days she won't. And I just want to know if that's normal. I mean, she looks at me like she wants something to eat. When I give it to her, she doesn't seem to want it and yes. she'll just walk away. Yes. Um, we do, Dogs, obviously, as they get older, their energy levels drop a bit. And, yep. you know, they're not exercising as much. So they probably need a little l- less energy. Um, and combined with that, we often find they will increase the fiber in their diet, which is good for the bowel. Yep. So they sometimes will eat a bit less. But when the circumstance that you're talking about, I'd want to make sure of a few things before yep. we before we kind of just say, oh, it's older age. Yep. Um, and first thing is what the teeth are like. So a lot of dogs, if they do have any sort of dental disease, gum disease, periodontal disease, yep. this can cause some pain and you know, they may actually then stop eating for a period of time. They're still driven to eat, so they might show some interest, but, you know, they'll either start eating and then stop or they might just not eat as much. So that's one thing. And it's usually the easiest thing for the vet to kind of assess and go, that's an issue. The other areas then are other health-related problems. So we'll see dogs with heart disease will often, um, particularly with severe heart disease, will go off their food as well it's a con- condition that we'll see quite frequently um, in older dogs we also see liver disease and kidney disease um, and particularly liver disease it will reduce their appetite because um, it, it causes nausea and that's a similar combination with kidney disease they get a buildup of nitrogen so there's a few health things I'd want to check out before we just say it's old age and even if it was old age I think we could adjust the diet with those fibre um, additives. So get some checks done to yeah. find out where you're at. Yep. All right, Helen, thank you so much and good luck with that. Uh, and can you believe that that's it? That's time today for Pet Chat. It's gone quick as it always does. We filled the hour and we didn't even have Cheryl. We didn't. We, we might get in trouble about the magpie um, situation. But, oh, okay. You know. We've done all right, and I believe mm. we've got uh, Dr. Kimberly Earl next week. Dr. Kimberly's back next week. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>